Good evening, and welcome to a special holiday edition of Late Night Story Hour. Tonight's story features silver bells, snowy streets, memories of Christmas, and the Krampus. Happy winter, Late Night listeners. Let's take a listen. I was 12 when the Krampus came, when I saw him first, that is. Growing up, my mother was always telling me and my brother to keep it together, to stop torturing her and our little sister, to behave. She'd had it hard and our father was gone. And one day, I can't even remember what we'd done, she said. Now you've done it, he's coming for you. She said it to my little brother, actually. I remember now. And what he'd done was this. He'd found all of my sister's dolls and had burned them, one by one, in our wood stove in the basement, and he'd made her watch. Horrible, right? I don't even know why he did it, if he felt he was provoked or something. But that was him. I mean, that was, that was my brother. He was just mad at things, and he had no control over his anger. He overreacted to everything, and he was so tightly wound that even his teachers avoided him. My mother, I think she must have had it with him, or maybe she was just scared by what he'd done. I remember her crying at the kitchen table after we'd gone upstairs. It was so beyond the pale. And then she stood at the bottom of the stairs and she'd called for the Krampus and said he was coming for my brother to take him away and he'd never be able to torment our sister or anyone else again. I was scared. And I think my brother was too. It's not easy to see your mother so clearly fraying at the edges. And we knew about this winter beast, half man, half goat, sharp teeth, snaking tongue, glowing eyes and curled up horns like a ram. Because our father had told us about him, that he took all of the bad kids and did horrible things to them. He said that we never wanted to meet him or even see him, because if you see him, it's already too late. He's here to drag you through the dark dirt with his cloven hooves and torment you in unimaginable ways and no one would ever see you again. He would just disappear. At night, before bed, the way my father would say it was this. The Krampus is coming. The Krampus is coming. And then he would stand up with the blanket on his head and make these growling sounds until we begged him to stop. He was pretending, of course, But in his eyes, it was like something else was happening. You could see it. It was like he was going back into old memories or was already imagining the life he would lead after he left us. Or like he really would like it better if we were just not his problem anymore. Anyway, it was winter and it was snowing. All of the Christmas decorations were out, I remember. And my brother and I could see them from our bedroom window. Lights up and down the street, strange and cheerful Santas, bushes draped haphazardly with the colored blinking lights. That's the happiest I've ever been, looking out that window, just waiting for Christmas to come. And I'd go back there if I could. I'd really do anything to get back there and see my brother again. 
So after our mother said that to us, said that the Krampus was coming, and she was glad for it, I remember we just both got into bed and didn't sleep at all. I was relieved that it was my brother in so much trouble, and not me, but I also remember him crying there in the dark, sort of silently gulping, understanding that he'd caused uh, this pain, but not really understanding how to walk it back, or even if he wanted to. I couldn't sleep. I didn't think there was anything to what my mother had said, but I'd never seen such desperation and animosity from her, and it felt like I'd glimpsed something I shouldn't have. Something old, something elemental, something ugly, and something about parents and their children that I didn't understand until I had children of my own. We finally did get to sleep that night, me and my brother. And when we woke up, we went downstairs for breakfast, and it was like nothing had happened at all. My mother was standing silently by the sink, looking out at the street, which had filled overnight with snow. My brother approached her tentatively, and she turned and held out her arms and brought him to her body. Whatever had wedged between them during the night was gone now, and even my sister, who had every right to be upset, was relieved that there would be no more screaming and no more yelling, and that beginning this morning we could all get back to our somber and sullen life without our father. We haunted our neighbor's house, we suffered through school in December when even the teachers didn't want to be there, we stared at the lights out of our window, and we counted down the days until Christmas. The snow was deep and unmanageable. As soon as it snowed that year, it would rain, and then the whole town would freeze over. I remember ice curbs up to my shoulder. We stayed inside. On the radio, we heard that there had been a rash of home burglaries in our neighborhood, but we didn't think much of it. You know, we had nothing that anybody would want. You know, what would you take? My four comic books? You know, my brother had an old Frank Sinatra Christmas record, and he would play it again and again. Uh, he listened to nothing else for the whole month of December. If I tried to play one of my records, he'd fly into a rage and go looking for something of mine to break until finally I'd say, okay, okay, and I would let him play whatever he wanted. I knew what it was about, you know, of course. Uh, our dad had liked Sinatra. I mean, everybody likes him, but, you know, that, I think that that was maybe the river source of my brother's mania for that particular album. So our house was small, and it was a split level. If our sister, down the hall, sneezed or cried herself to sleep or laughed when one of her friends was spending the night, we heard it. It was easy to scare yourself in that house. There were strange sounds, and the walls were painted a deep red. Our mother was depressed. I know that now. She drank after we went to bed. But you know, when you're a kid, you sort of think, that's what all moms are like. It's not, but that's how you get through those days as a kid. You know, you go, hey, everybody goes through this. It's not that big a deal. Sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and the front door would be open. Sometimes the kitchen would be an astounding mess. Anyway, I remember my brother was having a hard time at school. He was getting into fights and acting out in strange ways. None of this was a surprise to anyone, but things seemed to be escalating. He hit some kid in the face with a stick, called one of the girls such a horrible name that her mother called my mother and things went dark for the day. 
and at night I would try to talk to him. Our beds were on opposite sides of the room, but the room was so small that you could whisper and hear everything. I think I was trying to figure out what was wrong with him. I think I was trying to be our dad. I was telling him, you know, things will get better. Just try to go a little easier on mom and try not to cry so much. And I know he listened. I could hear it in his breathing. I could talk to him and he would go to sleep. One night I woke up and he was standing right next to my bed, sort of swaying on his feet and, and watching me. I told him to stop, and he did. I'm avoiding telling you this next part, you know, almost as if in delaying it and thinking about my brother, I might be able to change what happened or see something I hadn't seen before, but there's no reason to. What happened, happened. He's gone, and for years it was like he'd never existed at all. But I know what I saw. So one night, after whispering across the room to my brother and trying to reassure him, I think I must have fallen asleep. That wasn't unusual. But on this night, something woke me up. A sound from deep in a dream. Some sensation. I remember feeling like someone was breathing on my face and the sound of quiet talk. And as I came fully back to consciousness, I knew for certain in the way that you do that my brother and I were not alone in our room, that someone was there with us, watching us sleep. There was no light coming from under our door, and I couldn't see anything at first, but when I turned my head it was like some of the darkness slipped away. And it, it was then that I saw that there was someone in our room, and he was standing over my brother's bed, completely still. And whispering. I tried to sit up, but I was terrified, and it was like my body was frozen. I couldn't move. It was some sort of sleep paralysis. And when I went to yell, I found that I couldn't. Something soft was in my mouth, and it stopped all sound. My brother was sitting up in his bed, cross-legged, and looking down at his lap. And as I watched, the figure standing before him gradually took shape. It was the demon beast, Krampus. His sharp horns curled out and away from his face and almost scraped the ceiling in our room. His downcast eyes glowed red. He smelled like he was in the midst of a dark decay. He smelled like something putrid. In one claw-like hand, he held a bundle of sticks, and with the other, he was covering what seemed to be an infected wound of some kind. Black liquid pushed through his fingers and dampened his side. He'd walked through the snow, and he'd come right into our house. My mother had summoned him. She had left the door open, and she could not take it back. He had heard her, and he had come. He spoke intently to my brother, leaning close. The room was warm. I felt lying there like I was dying. I could hear nothing of what he said. His voice sounded me like twigs scratching at a window. My brother just nodded. I could see that he was crying. I don't really want to talk about this. This was years ago. But I think about it all the time. I have children now. Two boys. They are asleep just down the hall. Their mother has tucked them in. And they are five and three. They know nothing of the world. And what am I supposed to tell them? The world's the dark, 
an unforgiving place, that it selects some and discards others, and that understanding that is as close as you get to seeing things clearly. Your parents can't protect you. That's the one thing I've come to understand with age. The world is too big and too dark. They just can't, and they won't. And this creature finally stood, and I could see my brother crying, sort of silently heaving. I tried to get his attention, but if he saw anything at all, it wasn't me. I've always known this about my brother, that he hated other people, but he hated himself more. The Krampus said to him, come with me, or I will kill everyone here. For a second, I could see the options flash across my brother's eyes. He was thinking it through. He composed himself, and he wiped the tears off his cheeks with the back of his hand. And then he looked directly at me, and in his eyes I saw his sadness, and the depth of it, and the blank look on his face, as if he were trying to say something, and no one could hear him. Best wishes for a warm holiday season and a happy new year to all of you from us here at Late Night Story Hour. Stay tuned next year for more stories and music beamed to you from the sleepless reaches of the internet.